Praise the Lord. I'm so glad to know that he reigns tonight. Well, we're going to kind of break our pattern again on the weekend and go back to what we've been looking about, about the deity of our Lord. Hope you don't mind. John chapter 4, verse 23. He wanted to reign under three kings' titles, King God, King Theophany, King of Kings, which is King Jesus. We're talking, of course, about the absolute greatest mystery that man could ever be able to comprehend. To be included in such an understanding is... It's just, well, it's invaluable. When we think that according to the word that God created all things by his son, but when we read that, we know that it was not by a little boy, but God created all things by his word. So his word is his son. According to Paul, he created the worlds by his son. Son. In the known universe, just what they're able to see, the known universe, an estimated one septillion stars. Anybody familiar with the term septillion? Even the IRS don't use that number. <laughs> well, it is a one with 24 zeros behind it. Now that's in the known universe. So on a clear night, a clear night in wintertime especially when the light is low as far as the light pollution, we can see an average of 3,000 stars with the naked eye. You imagine we can see 3,000 with, with the naked eye. And there's over a septillion They're able to measure from what they're able to see right now, which will probably change as their telescopes get greater, 13.8 billion light years. Now, a light year is the speed that light travels in one year. Was it 5.6 trillion miles, something like that? So if you get a calculator that can handle it, take 13.8 billion and multiply it by that, and it'll give you a pretty good idea of how far they're looking. As a matter of fact, now, some of the scientists actually think that our universe is more like in a stacked situation. There's one and another and another and another. And he made all things by his word. His son. Praise God. Just a little introduction for you tonight. St. John chapter 4, verse 23. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. Now, this verse to me is absolutely overwhelming considering what I just told you. Why would a God that is so vast and so wonderful and so magnificent want anything from me? 
In all reality, what do you figure you've got? For him to receive your worship, that's great within itself. For him to seek after it, just if you offered it to him, but for him to seek it and long for it and hunger for it. Now, brother, sister, that's greater than the one septillion stars to me. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Can we pray together? We know we've got a lot of folks that are sick and a lot of things that are going around, so let's just remember them tonight if we could as well. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we think about greatness and we think about magnificence and the great things that in our minds we're able to conjure up of what we would think greatness is. No doubt it is so far from the truth of what magnificence truly is and what greatness is. Man in his mind tries to think of, boy, this great person and this great house and this great thing and this great thing, and yet in your eyes, most of the time, it would be absolute foolishness. It would be so worthless, even vain. But Lord, then we would try to understand what you would call great. It would be so far beyond our minds to comprehend that's greatness because it's the way that we look at it. We know the way up is actually down. But Satan taking over the earth and the thinking of the man from the fall he changed man's directions. So he's got man looking the wrong way and telling him that way's up when really it's down. And telling him that's down when really it's up. So we can see why we have to be born again to even understand which way is up and which way is down. Lord, would you speak to us tonight from your word? We love you, Father, with all of our hearts. We bring before you now, Lord, all the needs of your people. I know we got so many that's sick. And, Lord, just reading, reading today where the CDC, Center of Disease Control, says already this year, 2,400 people died with the flu. So we pray, God, for your mercy. May you move among us, Lord, and may you help us and just tend to the needs of your children. We ask it, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus. And the saints said, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. So let me pick up where we read Wednesday night in Melchizedek. Now this true revelation of Melchizedek comes into view. What? He was God, the Word, before he became flesh. Now remember, the Son of God is not what you and I would think of an old man and he had this younger boy. 
We relate it in the way that our minds comprehend it. And we think, well, a father and his son, and we look at them and we can see the man there, and maybe his hands are made a certain way. And we see through the deposit of the DNA and the genetics and the chromosomes and all that. We see the the nose, the bridge across the nose, the dropping of the chin. We see the ears, how they're made. and We see similarities, and we're able to identify that and say, yeah, yeah, that, that, he looks like his dad, and he looks like his mom. And we think whenever we relate to son in the New Testament, the Son of God, we think, well, God was this man in heaven and this being, and <clears throat> out of this being, uh, for those of us that have moved beyond the Trinitarian concept anyway, out of this being come something, but yet in our mind we're not real sure, was it a man? Was it a supernatural unfolding of something that looked like a man? For the two Lord people or the Trinitarians, at best, it would be another being that would be somewhat inferior to God. And yet it would be, in some respects, as they would define it as being co-equal. So they're not really sure if he's co-equal or if he's inferior, you know, kind of where he comes in at. But whenever we look at it after we are born again, then we're able to lose track of our own thinking. Now, let me just say this to you that Brother Renham, someone asked him one time, Brother Renham, how could you say that, that this, the Godhead, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, that it was just one person? Well, he said, you just let go of your own thinking. Now you see, that's the biggest problem that you and I will ever have with any truth of God is holding on to our own thinking. Now whether that was a oneness thinking or a Trinitarian thinking or maybe some of you come out from under the two Lord thinking which was burst out from under the the teaching of a so-called teacher in the message But whatever your thinking is, which is contrary to Logos thinking, or that thinking which was in Christ, then we have to let go of that in order to be able to fully comprehend revelation. Now much of what we think is revelation is no more than just polished up tradition, and at best theology. But theology will allow you to say amen to certain parts of the word. And then when it don't understand it, it'll read right over the other parts and won't say amen to it. Revelation does not have to hide one scripture and scream amen to another. Revelation can say amen to every word. Now, revelation will grow and revelation will add layers or elements and build upon the foundational revelation and allow more increments of that revelation to build. So hopefully this is where we are in God. Now, the the revelation of Melchizedek, Brother Renan preached Melchizedek, of course, way back in the 50s. He mentions it in 1955, a great Melchizedek prince 
prince and king. He mentions it in the Hebrew series. He mentions it several times. But when he comes here to 1965, which is the meeting when marriage and divorce is preached and the very great things that God was doing. But as he opens up into this, he said, now for another revelation on the message for the Lord God. So this shows us then that this Melchizedek sermon is not necessarily just going to be a repeat of what was said in 55, 57, 59, 61, and a couple of spots in 62. But it is actually a further revelation. Something that is going to be said that apparently even the prophet didn't see himself. Now I know that nearly chokes some of you all to death. But you might as well go ahead and swallow it. Just go ahead and swallow it down. Because we do have a progressive message. Brother Branham did not know everything when he started preaching in 47. As a matter of fact, Brother Branham didn't know everything whenever he left the earth. There's only one being that knows everything, and that is Almighty God. And in case you're wondering, Brother Branham wasn't Almighty God. He was just a prophet of the Almighty God. So he could only speak this revelation as God gave it to him. So from the very get-go then of this sermon, we realize that what is going to be said out of the sermon is going to be things that maybe a little bit of illumination was given on it prior years, but it was going to be something that was going to go above and beyond what had been preached before. And if you're familiar with the sermon, you can say a big amen to that, that it was exactly Exactly that. Now, whenever he preaches the theophany, he actually, in the former years, he actually puts Adam in a theophanic form. He puts Adam there in the Garden of Eden in a theophany. But as we come to the Melchizedek sermon, he actually places Adam like you, like me, that he bypassed the theophany. Now, it's not my place to say, you know, Brother Branham was wrong. It's not your place to say Brother Branham was wrong. It is our place to study. And whenever we see progressions, go with the progressions. Well, come on, saints, don't get tied on me already. we got a lot more to talk about. Y'all be tied on a banjo string within an hour if you tighten up on me already. Now, but whenever he changes, I want to be Christian enough to be able to change with him, don't you? That's right. And yet, we also know that revelation builds, so it is a body, it comes, as we can say the word, piecemeal. That's the way that God actually built the body of the Old Testament. And we can see in Brother Random's walk that it was exactly the same way. The mysteries of God were still unfolding to him right down to the end time. Look at the invisible union, go to things that ought to be, some of the last sermons that he preached, and you can see the revelation is still unfolding to him, the very last sermons that he preaches on the earth. Now, when we look at this Melchizedek sermon then, one thing that I'd like to point out to you there is it says that the true revelation, the true revelation, the true revelation of Melchizedek comes into view what he was God the Word before he became flesh. 
Now, understanding the deity of our Lord Jesus is a very important factor as well in seeing that he was God the Word before he was flesh also. Now, I know some folks really struggle with the humanity and they have our time separating it. And I hope I don't lead you into circles tonight. But what I'm looking at myself, when I look into the progression of the revelation of God, I see God giving birth to what the prophet would call a son. That was before the foundation of the world. Now, in the beginning, uh, of course, was when the world began, when time began, when the word began, rather. But what was before the beginning? It was the eternal. So in the beginning was the Logos, and the Logos came down to dwell among us, and the Logos was made flesh, according to verse 14 in First John, John 1, 14. But yet, what was it before it was flesh? It was the word. So the Son of God then back in the eternity once God started forming himself towards flesh because he thought of himself as being a human being. That's more than our minds can even comprehend. Is it not? The eternal would want to be a human being. Why in the world would he want to be that? But he thought about himself being a human being. And the prophet said the revelation of himself coming down if he would have revealed himself as he was and that original form it would have been so great even the elect would not have understood it so he must reveal himself and that will be the reflecting under the titles of three kings king god and of course king theophany and king jesus now i I can't say that i you know that i can tie these things together but i do know that under the auspices of the kingship of jesus it would be the one that you and i as mortals would be able to relate to now no doubt there was a reigning or an omnipotence of the display of the power of God under King God and that was no doubt in the great creation whenever he started expanding himself and then King Theophany would have been whenever these bodies of ours which were there in the eternal began from the attributes to become expressed in whatever form they were and it was a kingship but yet it was not that that was going to be crowned by the saints it's going to be actually King Jesus that will be crowned by the saints of God. So it was the condescending of God as a form of a man that's actually going to be crowned in the millennium and will be there in eternity. Now what's this? He said God the word because he had to be. No one else could be immortal like him. See I had father and mother. You did too. Jesus had father and mother. But this man had no father nor mother. Jesus had a time he started. Now once you notice what he's saying now, he does not say the Lord Jesus Christ had a time he started. He does not say Christ had a time he started, but Jesus had a time he started. So what was Jesus? Jesus was the human body that God created in the womb of Mary. Now everybody you know right now they're they're going to be singing Christmas songs and the angels and this and that and the other and I hate to say it but for the most part they don't even have a clue what God has done. They do not have a clue what our God has done and his greatness. I hope that God helps us to be able to see it. 
But the way we look at deity, this ain't just good from Thanksgiving on up to the first of the year. This kind of preaching's year round for us. We love it. Whenever God sends it, praise God, I love it. So I want you to notice now that God, Jesus had a father and a mother, but this man, this Melchizedek had no father, no mother. Notice he said Jesus gave his life, this man couldn't. But remember it was the same man all the time. Jesus gave his life. So Jesus' life that was going to be given was not this life of eternal life which was God, but God must condescend into the form of sonship himself. Now I hope you understand what direction I'm going to go. That Jesus was not his own father but God did become his own son. That hit me day before yesterday about 3.30 in the morning. I thought I was going to tear the sheets from off of my bed. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus could not have been his own father because son is something that proceeds out of. But God could become his own son. <laughs> hallelujah. Why? Because sonship comes out of the eternal and he could come into the form of sonship and become into his own son. Well, praise be to God. Hallelujah. Jesus had a time he started. This man didn't. Jesus gave his life. This man couldn't because he was life. It's the self-same man all the time. I hope God reveals it to you. The self-same person all the time. Notice his title, King of Righteousness, Hebrews 7-2, King of Righteousness, King of Peace, he's two kings. Now watch, Hebrews 7-2, King of Righteousness, also King of Peace, he's two kings out, but now since he's come in flesh and received his body up, now notice, the Lord Jesus on the earth in his earthly ministry for three and a half years could not have been called King of Kings. Amen. Amen. He was called Lord Jesus Christ in the book of Acts. This same Jesus hath God made both Lord and Christ. But he was not called King of Kings until after something had taken place. What was it? Death was defeated. Now notice this, way the way the brother Brandon puts this. Now since he has come in the flesh and, not just come in the flesh, come in the flesh and received his body up in Revelation 21, 16, he is called the King of Kings. I hope you understand that the Lord Jesus has not yet moved into this position as of yet. Now, in the sixth dimension, all the saints, of course, are gathered there. Uh, when Peter passed beyond the curtain of time and went on, Peter never went directly into the presence of God. Neither did Paul, neither did Timothy. By that, I mean the theophany body of Jesus, which is on the throne of God, the glorified body. But they are being held in the sixth dimension waiting for us uh, because as long as there's one on the earth whose name has not been spliced in the bleach of the blood, he is immediately. So it would be unbecoming to him, it would not be fitting for his bride to see him as it were with these bloody garments on. 
So every member of the bride must be brought in and complete. And then whenever he will change his garments and come in the rapture and the resurrection for the saints of God, then all the saints will gather there and the saints will crown him king of kings and lord of lords. Praise God. Now notice how the prophet says this. Now since he has come in the flesh and received his body up. In Revelation 21.16 he's called the king of kings. He's all three of them together see. King God, King Theophany, King Jesus. King God, King Theophany, King Jesus. Now notice all of this is a display of his greatness and of his character. Now most kings, you know, they don't have near as much to display. So they wouldn't have near as many titles. But they would have to be able to take, to enshrine enshrine their deep character and their attributes of all they are. Now we would think, my, just the title of King God would be wonderful. And it was. But yet he was more than just God in order to become Elohim. God is the object of worship. And there was nothing there to worship him so he created angels and then he come into the attribute of being King God. So in the angelic host the myriads of angels worshiping him maybe millions and millions of angels in the heavenly realm and he was King God. But as he started forming himself towards flesh he made himself a theophany body. Now he becomes King Theophany. Well, there must be some subjects of some sort that's able to worship him in a theophanic style of worship. Well, I'll let you think on that. Now, then he also desires to become another king. We know he's not perfected and identified in absolute twos, of course, but it must be in three. So the third phase of him being king to him will be one of the greatest expressions of everything that he has done. But yet through it will be the most humble. It will be the greatest form of condescension that the world will have ever known. But because of that, he will turn it right around and exalt it to such a position that he will raise his own sonship, his own body, amen, and it will be that that sits on the throne of God in the millennium and also in the eighth day. Now what's this in paragraph 97 he says also he is the father which is the first son and Holy Ghost the spirit king of righteousness the spirit attribute theophany king of peace theophany and in flesh he was king of kings same person so he's king God which is king of righteousness spirit attribute he is king theophany which is king of peace shalom Jerusalem and in the flesh he was king of kings which was king Jesus same person so he desires to reflect himself and this is what the whole thing is all about that God wanted to reflect himself amen can y'all say amen to that now what's in the greatness of how that the king Jesus before it can become into the expression of king Jesus it must be in the lowest state of the man Jesus 
Now, if you'll listen to me now, if you could go in your minds to when it started in the, in the womb of a woman, that God started creating this embryo and God bringing forth the creative power of the seed word and both parts coming from him, nothing from her at all, and God creating. So here is the lowest form now by which the Lord Jesus is fixing to begin. Right here in the womb of a woman is this tiny, tiny thing, and maybe looking at it under a microscope, it would look like a mere human conception, but it was more than that. It was divine. Now remember, he is the word when he is born, but he's not the fullness of the attribute until the father comes in him in the river, and then the prophet said he becomes Emmanuel. But he is the word, just like the trees are the word, just like the river is the word, the oceans are the word, the, the streams, they're all the word, right? Because God created them, so they're their word expressed. But here now, we see then the beginning of Jesus. It started so humble, it started so small it started so that the human mind how in the work of them come the command of a man be able to comprehend or a woman that they're in the womb of a virgin that God started creating himself a body oh hallelujah so Paul actually starts in the lower form of this life and then he keeps raising him higher and higher and higher now watch this in Hebrews 2 14 for as much then as the children are partakers we looked at this Wednesday night of flesh and blood he also himself likewise took part of the same y'all do believe the way the Bible says this that we were already children is that what your Bible says is that what the screen says for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood he also likewise himself oh my took part of the same that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death that is the devil so all the children of God were given to Christ the Logos before he ever became Jesus which also means I was given to him before I ever became Donnie. Before you ever became who, whatever your name is and your, your human expression. Now look, now watch the regular line was that he come from the eternal, then he come down to the attribute, to the logos, the theophany, then he comes on the earth. He's the only one that knew he pre-existed. None of us can remember that, of course. And he's the only one that did exist in theophanic form, appear, disappear, appear, disappear, and then come down and condense sin in a body that would look like ours, his skin like ours, eat like we would and all that sort of thing, but yet be able to shed that theophanic resemblance and that theophanic appearance that he had and that power of a theophanic life and take on the mere mortality of a human. Now this is Jesus I'm talking about. But the Son of God actually existed before the Son of Man. You see, people missed it whenever he said, referred to himself as son of man. Now, son of man, of course, is prophet. But he was son of God before he was son of man. 
Amen. So what does son of man mean? Actually in the natural form, it means you are a son of man. That he was not born of a natural father, but he lowered himself into that spot. He did not reveal himself on the earth in that logos form as son of God. Oh boy, somebody's going to look at me across that shores of the world. Actually, the son of God came down and got inside the son of man. The Son of God was a, you said, that's crazy, is it? If you'll ever understand it right, that's the way you are. That Son of God, that daughter of God, part of you, that Logos, that attribute of God, what did it do? It come down and got in the Reagan body or the Bab or the Yance or the Parker or whatever you are, that attribute of the Son of God or a daughter of God got inside that body. Hallelujah. What was that new birth bringing the quickening life to that attribute which was in his thinking? Oh, praise God. So he said, because my children, it is destined that they become human. I will as well. Praise God. The very reason he became a man was for us. Oh, praise God. Notice Hebrews 2.15. And deliver them who through fear of death were their, all their lifetime subject to bondage. For verily took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like Unto his brethren, hey, and we were identified as brethren before he died on the cross. Look, friends, that certainly does not be able to match up with the so-called gospel story you hear in the majority of churches today. Well, praise the Lord. That ain't my gospel. I'm telling you that. That ain't the gospel of God, neither. It's a traditional gospel that's, that's as contrary to the word of God as it can be. You were already his. If you ever will be, you were already. Before he shed one drop of blood at the cross, he already had brothers. Amen. Wherefore in all things it behooved him. Now you imagine now we're not talking about a second person of the Godhead that's weaker than the eternal and you know don't have as much power as the eternal. He's kind of the you know the second in command. Well we'll say he's a deputy sheriff in heaven and God's the main man. God's the main sheriff and, and God's the mayor of the town and Jesus was kind of associate mayor or maybe an alderman. We're not talking about a man that was an associate Mayor, we're talking about the Creator Himself. <laughs> oh my, why? He wanted to become kin to you in order to renew your kinship to Him. Oh Lord Jesus. My, my, wherefore in all things it behooved Him to be made.
they like unto his brethren. And this is the reason why. That he might be, oh my, a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God. To make reconciliation for the sins of the people. So before the incarnation of the Son of God in the human body, he already had a family. <laughs> and since they're coming in flesh, he's going to come in flesh. And since they're going to be captured in prison houses of clay, he wants to be captured in a prison house of clay. Since they're going to be tempted even after they're born again. Don't you see that his death is not going to put an end to temptation of those who are born again. If it was, there's no need for him to go through all of that. All he's got to do is get you born again. That eradicates everything. Why would he go through so much? Because he knows the majority of your life. Even if you give your heart to God when you're a young boy or a young girl and you live 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years as a Christian, the majority of that life is going to be a battle. How many know it's been a Christian's hard? You choose the world? You want to go to hell? So you mean you're ready to fight, are you? Israel parallels us as the people of God. Whenever they make their announcement in May of 1948, what was the 14th day of the month? Whenever they make their announcement that they are going to declare statehood. You know that many of the people of Israel didn't even believe in God. Many of them don't believe in God today. They're atheists. Jews, atheists, they didn't believe in God. So some of them did not want the name God put on the declaration of their independence. They would not sign it if God's name was there. Others said, if there's no reference to him, we won't sign it. So Ben-Gurion come up with a statement from one of the last sentences of the statement there of the document to read that the rock of Israel... So he identified it as the rock of Israel. Those agnostics said, we'll accept that. And the believers said, we'll accept it. So they jump, they shout, they scream, they holler, they blow the horns and they dance in the streets. And the very next day, five armies of the Arab world set a war against them. The very next day, Brother Jim, Oh my, people come to the Lord and they think, oh my, all my burdens is going to be gone. All my troubles rolled away. Brother, sister, when you give your heart to God, (laughs) he don't even wait till the next day anymore. You do good to get up from the altar for you fighting all hell. But you know what? Apparently the people of Israel considered it worth the fight. The people were jumping and dancing and someone came to Ben-Gurion and said, why are you so solemn? Why are you so sad? He said, because the people don't know that by this time tomorrow, we will be in a war. And they were in a war. And to be honest, they've been in and out 
tug of war, one after another after another, and it will finally end up to the Armageddon, but the real Jews will win. May I say to you tonight, we've been in wars, we've been in battles, and I say by the grace of God, we will win. It's battles of sickness, it's battles of disease, it's battles of all sorts, but come on devil, it shows that you hate us. Praise be to God. King God could not relate to a man with sexual desire looking at another man's wife. Now I'm going to act like all you men don't even know what I'm talking about since you're also sanctified. God could not relate to a woman looking at another woman's husband. It's okay for you to breathe. You don't have to say amen, but please don't die on me. You can breathe. In and out, in and out. There you go. King Theophany could not relate to the smell of alcohol. But there must be a part of God which can smell it and actually feel something. God must be coming to a form that the women of that day would come up to him and say things. Now remember, temptation did not come from within him like it is you and I. He was born without sin nature. But he allowed himself to feed it. Praise be to God. Why? He said, I want to help my brothers. I'll tell you one thing, friend, I wouldn't give you a nickel for a preacher that can preach heaven so straight and heaven so high and hell so hot and tell you exactly how to get there, what to do and what not to do and not have no compassion on you if you mess up. What is he? A smart aleck theologian. Then when you mess up and you get in trouble, he ain't got no mercy. He ain't like Jesus. He's an educated theologian. The Lord Jesus could have come with theology, but he said, I don't want to know theology. I want to know humanity. It did not behoove him to sin like his brothers. It did not become him to smoke, drink, lie. But it did become him to feel the way they would feel. Oh, how I love him. (laughs) Why? That he might be a merciful, merciful, merciful and faithful high priest. I don't mind telling you, if I ever really need to talk to somebody, there's some preachers I won't talk to. No, sir, never. You mean, Brother Donnie, you get down? You mean you need encouragement? Yeah, but there's only certain ones I'll talk to when I get there. 
Because there's others act like they snack with angels. They eat lunch with angels. They eat supper with angels. I'm sorry, I don't believe your pride and lies. You're a human just like me. Come on, don't sit there and look at me like you're a bunch of angels. We all get down at times. We all get discouraged at times. And we need people that can help us, not people that will push us down when we get farther. Oh. Notice this. This is the reason why in verse 18. In that he himself hath suffered being tempted. He is able to succor, which means befriend, help, offer aid in the time of trouble. He is able to succor them that are tempted. So if anybody's got that arrogant attitude about them, bless God, I'll tell you one thing. I don't ever make mistakes. Hallelujah. I live so close to God. I'm never down. I'm never weary. You honestly going to confide in them when you're down? You honestly going to sit down and talk to them and just open up your very heart? Brother, I've seen, would you pray for me? You know what kind of attitude they're going to have towards you. They're not going to be merciful. They're not going to listen to your conversation. And they're not going to be able to set that without judging you harshly. Preach, Brother Donnie. I'm going to. I love the way Brother Renner relates this story. I've heard this sermon many, many times. One of my favorite texts in, in the entire message itself. Sister Florence Karen has died th- 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 this early morning prior to the service in Phoenix. Brother Ben said, we want to pray for Brother Demas and Sister Rose. This is uh, Brother Demas' sister, actually, that had passed. And remember, they've had an awful hard hit in their life. And that's his father and his sister in the last years. And somebody steps up to the podium there and speaks to Brother Branham. Yeah, but less than that, less than 10 months. And his sister, Edna, also. So I know how to sympathize with Brother Demas. I had a father, brother, wife, and baby. To go within a few days apart. I know how he feels this morning. You only know when you stand in them shoes. That's when you know how to sympathize. Now you see this is why a lot of time people come up to a funeral. Well everybody's got to die sometime. Well, God bless you. Well, we all, we all lose our loved one. Boy, you're as cold as an old tater, ain't you? If you can't say nothing no better than that, would you please keep your blabber mouth shut? Just walk up and smile or give a crocodile tail or do something. You'd be surprised how many times that I've heard people tell me that. That it so broke their heart because church people come up and told them, well, we all lose somebody sometime. Well, everybody's going to die sometime. That is a person that cannot sympathize. That is a person that their words, oh my. But yet God said, I want to understand. And in order for me to understand... I'll have to go so low. I'll have to go lower than the lowest drunk. I'll have to go lower than the lowest, oh my, the lowest prostitute that'll ever live on the earth. I've got to get down beneath them and go to hell in order to understand. (sighs) 
in that he himself has suffered being tempted. He is able to succor them that are tempted. First Peter chapter 3 verse 18. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God and being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. Now notice this is capital S, which is pneuma, which I've told you is the word we get pneumatic from, which is air tools. So you can take a regular hammer and drive nails, or you can get a pneumatic air gun. and You can get an old wrench and try to change your tire if you want to and stand up on it and, you know, kind of break it up. Or you can get an air tool and go, That's the way a person is without the Holy Ghost. Oh, I love God. I'm going to try to serve him. I'm going to try to quit the smoking. I'm going to try to get that. But when you get the Holy Ghost, the Lord goes, and inside your mind, you got some, what is it? It's a pneumatic air tool of the Holy Ghost. Remember, the Bible said Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the pneuma. <laughs> Hallelujah. But he must allow himself to be so dead that the stars said he was dead. The sky said he was dead. Listen to this, and my Redeemer lives. They put the sins of the people on the scapegoat and turned him into the wilderness to die. And Jesus was that scapegoat who had the sins of the people on him and was cast away and went into hell to suffer the tortures. Now let me tap back on it again. I know I've been saying it, but some of you apparently is hard-headed and you need to hear it over. He did not die the death of a righteous man. He died the death of a sinner. And yet he never done one thing wrong. Notice he says he went to hell and suffered the tortures. So then demons at the cross torturing him. Now his spirit goes into the hands of God. His soul leaves his body. They take his body down because the Sabbath is coming in. Now his soul is taken down into hell because he's going in the place of hell where other sinners go. Praise God. Notice this. His body went into the grave to pay the price. He didn't leave nothing out, did he? Of our resurrection. Oh my, then on that Easter morning when he come back from the grave, where pains of death and hell could not hold him. Hallelujah. Notice Romans 4.24, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. This is why Jesus, the body, the man, the boy, couldn't have been his own daddy. 
This is where Jesus only went wrong. Now the Father God, which is eternal, which is not a man, was the spirit of his own son. So he became his own son. Romans 4.25 Who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. Romans 6, 4, therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. Amen. Even so we also should walk in newness of life. Romans 8, 11, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his pneuma that dwelleth in you. Ephesians 1.19 What is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty dunamis which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Wonder why these men kept saying this over and over and over again. Jesus was dead. But God can't die. <laughs> and the Logos can't die. That Son of God which came out of the Father. But now the Word made flesh. Listen. The Word made flesh. The personification of Isaiah 7, 14. Isaiah 9, 6. Those scriptures. That body. That corporeal body of the Word. Life went out of it. And he laid there in the tomb. Bloody. Beaten to a pulp. And there lay the Word. The human body. Dead. Just like some of you packed around the seed word of God for decades. A deposit of the Holy Spirit of God. A gene seed of God lay there for years and years. And one day it got quickened by the Holy Ghost. And you come to life. Notice this in Ephesians 1.21. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And hath put all things under his... Ah. So here we see the exaltation of the Son to the position of King of Kings. King God, King Theophany, King Jesus. King God wasn't married. He was a single man. King Theophany wasn't married. But that sure can't be said for King Jesus. <laughs> Notice this in the rising of the sun. The prophet said he wasn't only the word, but he was God himself. The dynamics in the word. That body, notice that that made the body of Jesus Christ cold, stiff, and dead. In the grave, shake. Don't you look at me funny. Don't you raise your eyebrows at me when I shake under the influence of the Holy Ghost. Jesus did. You imagine his body laying there. My blood had run out everywhere. He was beat like a pulp and 
the spirit of life come back in that body and he shook. Glory. Shake into life and rise again and roll away the stone. I am he that was dead, so dead to the sun said he was dead, and the moon said he was dead, the stars said he was dead, all nature said he was dead, and now the whole world has to recognize that he's alive again. Don't you understand the universe at the resurrection of our Lord? The universe is able to recognize prior to man and see this is him. This is him. This is the king of kings. This is king God, king Theophany, made king Jesus. This is him. You realize how blessed you are if you can see that tonight. He was not only the mechanics, God's word. He was the dynamics to prove it. God's power to transform Jesus' body was quickened after it was dead in the grave. Friends, this is why the body could not be God. You understand that? The body, if it was God, it could never die. No wonder the devil looked at him and looked at him and looked at him and said, who is this guy? Tell us plainly, who are you? Pilate and said, are you the king? Hey, they tell me you're the king. Jesus said, you say that of your own or somebody else tell you that? Now I'm asking you tonight, are you saying that of your own or have you heard your mama say it? Have you heard your daddy say it? Or say, are you seeing who Melchizedek is tonight? Praise God. Notice this. And in the grave, Jesus' body was quickened by the word of God and transformed from a dead, cold image to a resurrected, glorified Son of God. Why? He wants to be, Brother Mark, like his brothers. there'll be more of them in the grave than there will be alive but he typed both he was brought to life but he was beat like a pulp you imagine all that he looked like he's 50 years old brought to life and entered into a change back to a young man so the resurrection and the body change was experienced by the king of kings and the Lord of Lords. Notice he says, to be resurrected, a resurrected, glorified Son of God. Lord, children, I hope you understand. He was the first of many. Because the prophet, Psalm 1610, if you want to put it down, I'll not leave his soul in hell, neither will I let my Holy One suffer corruption. Oh God, he said, Jesus' body was transformed from a dead, cold form, pulped, Beat until bruises, his ribs stuck through his back. His heart was run through, and a spear probably that wide stabbed right through his heart. Blood and water, the moisture of his body left. It would have looked like a slaughtered deer or a slaughtered cow or something laying there, bruises and, and scars and things all over him. Oh, glory be to God. He was so dead under the moon and the stars said he was dead. The earth said he was dead. Had a nervous prostration. The rock shook out of the earth. Even God hid his face. 
He was dead, but his body was transformed. Why? Because God said, I'll not leave his soul in hell. Neither will I suffer my holy one to see corruption. Notice this. Verse 19. Spirit goes up. Body's fixing to go in the grave. Here comes his soul. By which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison. So as the scapegoat for however long it is, he takes our sins and unloads them in hell. And then he changes over from scapegoat to preacher man. By which also he went and preached. If Jesus is in you today, he still believes in preachers. He could have sent him a tape if he'd have wanted to. He could have sent him a book, but he wanted to preach to him. I believe he wants to preach to you tonight. What sometime were disobedient when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was preparing, when in few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. Notice, I love the way the prophet frames this. He said, Jesus, when he was sure on earth, when he died, his soul descended into hell and preached to the spirits that were in prison, the souls in prison that repented not in the long suffering of the days of Noah. His body went into the grave, but before he died, he commended his spirit into the hands of God. His spirit went to God. His soul went to hell. His body went to the grave. And Jesus was barred out from resurrection until the scripture could be fulfilled. He could not come back because he had to stay in the grave for three days and nights. But when the scripture was all fulfilled, this bar was taken away. You know, the reason your mom ain't living tonight or your daddy or the rest of the saints ain't resurrected, there's a bar in the element of time, a prophecy that's holding them back. I believe we're hearing word enough right now to say it's powerful enough to cause the resurrection to set in cycle. But if it wasn't for the bar that would hinder them, but one day the bar will be removed and the motion of the resurrected voice of the Son of God will set the resurrection in motion. Those of you who are feeding on the word, when sometimes you think you're not getting nothing, you're not getting nothing one of these days, you look down at your hands and say, glory to God, I was getting it. Hallelujah, I was getting it because it's changing me. Notice he said this bar was taken away. His spirit descended to his soul. His soul to his body. And he rose again. (laughs) To reject God's simple message, to reject it God's simple way is to be destroyed eternally. Friends, do you understand people that are turning away from this message? People that are turning away from this word to reject this simple message from a simple prophet of God is to be annihilated, destroyed eternally. That's how much we talk, how simple it is. And people think, well, they can life at it, run over it, treat it any way they want to, but it's eternal separation from God. You imagine them laughing at that simple man called Noah. Oh, crazy guy. Why in the world? 
Notice, jump down the bottom of that paragraph, what a simple message of God by a simple man was being preached. Now notice what Jesus does. So Jesus went and preached to them in the chains of darkness and death before he rose. He went to hell and preached to the spirits that was in prison that repented not in the long suffering of the days of Noah. While a simple message of God by a simple man was being preached. He went. Noah, notice what he told them now. Noah preached that I would be here. And Jesus said amen to Noah's preaching. Here I am. Let people laugh, let them ridicule, let America make fun of us, let Russia, let all the world make fun of us while we preach this simple message and say there's coming a rapture, there's going a bride away. God will amen this message himself. We're preaching there's a rapture and God will say, here I am. Come on, children. Be to God. Only those that was following Eliezer was able to follow. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Follow him back to marry Isaac. So is it with the message of the hour. The call of the Son of Man, the bridegroom's voice, comes through this revealed word. Can I go just a bit farther? Notice the title of this sermon. The mighty conqueror. We see him in his earthly ministry as a conqueror. Certainly we do, but now let's watch him. After he died, he still went on conquering. He never ended at the grave. The Bible said his soul descended into hell. Preached to the spirit that were in prison. That repented not in the long suffering of the days of Noah. Can see him as the heavens and the earth turning black, the rocks belching out of the mountains, the whole heavens, the earth, the stars refused to shine. He conquered it. When he went down, descended down, and knocked at the door where those lost souls was. Now, by this stage of the journey, the scapegoat has unloaded his load. He could not be a sinner and preach a righteous amen if he was still bearing that and come back to them and said, I'm he. But he unloaded his load. Then he goes over and knocks on that door. Those people who laughed and made fun of William Branham, I mean Enoch. Let me go ahead and read my own name in it too and your name and every other God sent Holy Ghost filled child of God because that's the way God looks at it. When you're laughing at his daughters, you're laughing at him. When you're laughing at God's sons, you are laughing at him. (sighs) Made fun of Enoch, made fun of Noah. I can hear him say, I am that one. Then Enoch said would come with ten thousands of his saints. Why didn't you believe Enoch? Why didn't you believe Noah? Everything had to know. This is why he went to the souls in prison. Even Hades, Sheol, had to know he had come. He wasn't making no altar calls. He's preaching to souls in prison. 
He wasn't saying, all right, now how many of y'all want to get saved? If he made a dollar call and nearly every one of them would probably want to get saved. But that wasn't what the meeting was all about. It was to condemn them. Oh, my. Everything had to know he had conquered. Praise God. When he shut the door on them, the days of mercy was passed on down into the lowest pits of hell. He went and he knocked on that sooty. Y'all know what sooty is, right? So he knocked on that sooty doors. Of the devil's hell. And the devil comes to the doors. We could look to see. And there he said. Well. Here you are after all. I sure thought I had you. And I killed the prophets. I sure I had you. And I had John's head cut off in prison. But now after all you got here. I can hear him as he said. Straighten yourself up said Satan I'm the virgin born son of the living God notice the title tonight don't say I'm king God or I'm king theophany I'm king shalom <laughs> he's fixing to conquer hell under what title Jesus glory to God I'm the virgin born son of the living God my blood is still wet on the cross I paid the price. I've conquered. I've come down to take over. Strip you of everything. I love the way he says this. That you claim. That you claim. That you claim. That you had a lot of it. He ain't got the power over no way. We let him take it. He claims it and we believe it. We ought to believe our claims, not his. Reached over to his side, jerked. Now Jesus did not go down to hell as a diplomat. Is the master in? Tell him, Dr. Jesus would like to speak with him. And then he comes in, hello. I am Dr. Jesus, but he knocked on that sooty door of hell. I don't imagine it's real. Nice and polite. He probably, Satan said, who in the world is that? I hate people to knock on my door that way. And he goes on and says, oh, it's you. I've been waiting for this moment. Jesus could say, that ain't but half the story. <laughs> I've conquered. I've come down to take over. Strip you of everything you claim you had. Reached over to his side and jerked. Those keys of death and hell off of him. Ooh. Mr. Nice, sweet, Laodicean Jesus would never fit this image, would he? Oh, the nice, sweet Jesus is just says everybody do whatever they want to do and they all die, they're going to heaven, no matter the difference how they live, that don't really matter. That's the Laodicean Jesus. That's not the Jesus of the Bible. He reaches over and jerks and keys out of the devil's side. Oh, hallelujah. 
Amen. Kick him back to hell. He don't open the door. The door said, now, sir, going just reach it back and kick. Get back in there. He conquered hell. When he rose, he had the keys of death and hell hanging on his side. Just as a friendly reminder to you tonight, the devil ain't even got the keys to his own house. And he don't have no remote to his garage door neither. Hallelujah. 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 Who took it? Not King God. Not King Theophany. Jesus. But Abraham said, what's the church scared about then? Amen. He conquered Satan. He conquered sickness. He conquered death. He conquered hell. He's on his road out. Now notice him. He unloads sin. Goes preach to the souls that are in prison. Goes down to the lowest, deepest part of hell where Satan's personal office is. I mean, tears that office all two pieces. And then he starts climbing back up. Lord have mercy children if you could only understand we are in the final stage of the ascension what he started 2,000 years ago bringing a people back to his very image we're almost right at the very top of that ascension and the rapture remember there's some more faithful that went on too they were in a place called paradise they could not go in the presence of God Listen. I'm going to finish reading it. Just stand. Okay, okay. Don't whip me. I'm just going to, I'm giving you a break. Lord have mercy. Was that anger? Some looks y'all eyes. Remember, they were in a place called paradise. They could not go in the presence of God because they'd worshiped under the shed blood of lambs and goats. It never divorced sin. It only covered sin. Let's say it's about 4 o'clock on Sunday morning. Sarah and Abraham walking around through paradise and all at once, there comes a rap. Whoa. The original rapper. Wow, I can't believe I've read that on how many times it just hit me. Wonder if it won't be the same one that'll come with a rapture. <laughs> Hallelujah to God. He will knock on the door of your mortality with a rapture. <laughs> oh, glory be to God. All at once there comes a rap at the door. Brother Brown knocks. And Job goes to the door. And he opens back the door to see who's knocking. Coming in this morning. At this time of day. Who in the world would be at the right tour this time in the morning? And he looks and raises his hand and said, that's my redeemer. I saw back there when the lightning was flashing. I know he lives, and at the last days he'll stand on the earth. That's him. Abraham said, what did you say, Job? He looks over his shoulder and said, come here, Sarah, look here. 
Look who's at the door this morning. Isn't it amazing, friend? The same Jesus on the other door knocked on there and told them, Why didn't you believe what they said? Now I'm here to torment you. That same Lord Jesus goes and knocks on another door and said, Are you ready, children? Let's leave. One of these days, that same Lord Jesus will bring judgment on America. She will be annihilated and destroyed. The tribulation will be set in. But praise God, he ain't coming with anger in his eyes looking for you. But he's got love in his eyes. Hallelujah. He's not bringing judgment to his sweetheart. Notice. Look here. Who's at the door this morning? What Sarah said. That's the one that had his back turned to me. And I laughed in the tent. And he noted. That's him. Here comes Daniel running up and looks over Sarah's shoulder. And he said, that's the rock that I saw hewed out of the mountain without hand. Just then Ezekiel come running up and he said that's the wheel in the middle of the wheel that I saw turning way up in the middle of the air I imagine this all just standing there and saying ain't this something wow this is great this is just there's the mighty conqueror oh my we hear them saying come on children He didn't slam the door back in their face. But come on, children. You were faithful over a few things. Come on. We're going out this morning. You've been in here long enough. We're going higher. Oh, God. Let that be the desire of the church. Let's go higher. Pull up our stakes out of Egypt. Don't you love him, children? Can I just read this last paragraph? Abraham said, Father, whoa, what's he doing calling this man Father? The Father had become the Son. Now the Son is fixing to become the Father again. I proceeded forth and came from God, and I'm going back into God. (laughs) Abraham said, Father, can we just make a whistle stop as we go through? I'd like to look at the old place over. Well, he said, sure. I'm going to be talking with my disciples for 40 days. Look around a while. You know, the scripture says that many of the saints rose after his resurrection and went into the city and appeared to many. Abraham and Sarah walking through the city. Wasn't that wonderful? Said, Sarah, look at that old place. Oh my, I feel really religious right now, Brother Ben said. I really do. Look it over. There's the city of David. Well, there's all those beautiful spots. There's the altars that I built. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Praise God. Under the auspices of which king? Not King God. Not King the All of this is done under Jesus. Can't you see why God has highly exalted him and given him a name? That's above every name. It was not King God that conquered hell. It was not King Theophany. It was Jesus. 
Boy, I hate to stop right here, but we better. Matthew 27, 51. Behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent, and the graves were opened. And many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. Imagine Abraham and Sarah walking down the street there in Jerusalem. And I said, Who's that guy? No, I can't be good at it. Looks like Jim Bayab. He's 19. Is that Randy? He's got that dark hair back. Brother Ben said this walking down through there and said, Somebody looked at him and said, Abraham said, Sarah, we're being recognized. I've always thought that was such a phenomenal thing. Since it had been hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, and they didn't have no pictures, no DVDs, no Snapchats, no, no, none of that sort of thing. How did they know it was him? But they knew that they knew. So they knew by the time they knew, they knew it was time to check out. So they just simply disappeared. You imagine them people that were standing there looking at him and said, I better go home and lay down. Was that not an... I'm not even telling anybody this. Surely I... Any of y'all ever see flashes of light? Or see people in your room? I know y'all think I'm weird anyway. I seen somebody right here the other night. You seen me looking at that way? You were standing right there. We get our minds so caught up in stupid carnal stuff. I wonder the angels of God that are in this place. Every time we come together. They don't come because I'm here. They come because it's a place where you can meet with His children. They're here tonight to minister healing, to minister salvation to those that are heirs of life. That one of these days I won't see it like a flash where it'll be there and be gone. But I'll see it and the longer I look at it, the more I realize it's me looking for me. <laughs> Don't you love him? Well, some of y'all have been wondering for a long time, doesn't us? Now you know I am. Look, friends, if the saints of God can see them when they're getting close to crossing over. Praise God. I believe we're getting closer and closer to that dimension. I believe that what God wants to desire, He desires to make Himself more real to us if we'd only let Him. Let's pray together.
Lord Jesus, Almighty One, I pray tonight, Father, that you would help us. Lord God, open our understanding, I pray. Open our hearts. Give us spiritual insight, Lord, to where we are. The prophet gave us just a little preview, and he talked about it and said, well, maybe I shouldn't say anything about it. And he said, well, he said, I'll just go ahead and say it. He said, it's investigating judgment going on. Lights appear, disappear. Move faster than the speed of light. Comes here, it's there, it's gone. UFOs, they call them. Don't worry, little children. He said, one of these days, they'll drop down, carry home that. There won't be hide nor hair nor bones left behind, but will be transformed. Praise God. Praise God. Lord Jesus, let us be so in touch with you that we can hear your voice as you speak your word. Let us be so in touch that when Satan lays a snare or a trap in temptation or sin, that we don't have to fall in it and then repent for seven weeks and then do all types of novenas and all sort of stuff like that. Maybe be so sensitive to the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost springs the devil's trap before we ever walk in it. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, make us sensitive, Father. Help us, I pray, tonight, Lord God, as we stand in this awesome presence of yours Lord Jesus not so much a feeling not so much a chill not so much our hair standing up on the back of our neck as we would say or a a chill going up and down our spine but just sensing and knowing you are here among us in a special way Lord God make your ways known to us Father Purge us of our carnality. Help us to lay aside the things which hinder us, Lord. The weight and the sin that does so easily beset us. If hell is pressing so this way, Lord. Lord, me having talked to different people who've been so far out on alcohol. Or so far out on drugs. That they would see demons. And them demons would communicate with them. They would see their hideous faces. If Satan is doing that through the realm of Revelation 9, sorceries, pharmacia, administering of drugs, then Lord God, surely you must be here with your children. Through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Oh, we're not desiring to be religious fanatics. But Lord, every now and then we just need a charge to go through us like a battery. Like your prophet said, our glorified body is standing right here near us this morning, he said, when he preached that there at the tabernacle. He said, your glorified body is standing right here near you this morning, wanting to send a charge through you like a battery. Oh, Lord God, would you come close to us this way tonight, Father? Oh, Lord, our eyes might be withholding, but I believe the angels of God are in this very place. 
supernatural beings that are here, Lord, to minister to the wife of the Logos. Blessed be the name of the Lord God. Oh, Jesus, mighty conqueror. I believe you're not only here, Father, moving us in the cycle to change our bodies, but to heal us when we get sick. You went to that whipping post and you suffered stripes before you ever paid the penalty for our sins so that we could be healed and delivered. You see the needs among the church here, Father, of those that are sick and suffering various things. We want to say to Satan tonight, get back in your sooty place of hell and take your cancer with you. Take your disease, your sickness, your affliction. Take your old por pornographic devils with you. Take your old alcohol. Take your old marijuana and your CBD and all the rest of your stuff with you. Get back in your sooty place of hell. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We are called to walk where angels walk. Blessed be the Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. I do not see the mighty God down there in hell. King Theophany. But Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. No wonder you. You raised your body, your sonship, to a place that every knee, every knee will bow and every tongue confess. Praise be to God. Even so much that you will say to your sonship, Thy throne, O God, is a scepter. Oh God. Hallelujah. Even the angels shall worship him. It is that part of yourself that you have highly exalted. Praise God. We worship you tonight, Lord Jesus. Can we just raise our hands, friends? What do you have need of tonight? Just whisper it to the Lord Jesus. Healing, strength, courage. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, I haven't seen them supernatural beings here tonight. But you just take my word for it. It's your shepherd. They are here. Blessed be the Lord God. Lord Jesus, we exalt your mighty name. Blessed be the Lord God. Praise your holy name, Jesus. Pass this way tonight, Lord, with healing in your wings. Pass this way tonight, Lord Jesus. Praise God with deliverance, strength, courage, hope.
faith. Blessed be the name of the Lord. If you would go down into the wretched, sooty place of hell and conquer it, you wasn't even welcome. How much more will you pass through this place here tonight, God? We're raising our hands. We're opening our hearts. We're lifting our voices and saying to you, you are welcome in this place, Lord. You are awesome here. You are welcome. You want to heal? Come do it, Lord Jesus. You want to save a lost man or a lost woman? Come and do it, Lord Jesus. You want to fill with the Holy Ghost? We say, have your way. You want to fall among us and let some of us go to dancing in the Holy Ghost? We'll give our feet to you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. We'll give our tongues to you, our mouths to express adoration from our soul. Hallelujah. This is not a house of hell. This is not a place of hell with its sooty marks of sin. But this is a place where the Lord God meets with His children. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, we worship you, Father. Praise your name. Praise your name, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Can we just worship him a little bit now, friends? Oh, don't be scared. Don't worry. We're not going to try to lead you into a bunch of fanaticism. Oh, no. Just real, genuine. That's all we want. We don't want no wildfire. We don't want no fanaticism. We just want real, genuine Holy Ghost. Praise God. It won't only just make you shout. It'll make you live right when you get done shouting. That's right. You won't just dance and jump and maybe utter a few words in tongues. It'll make you love your neighbor. It'll make you love your enemy. It'll make you pray for them that despitefully use you. Praise God. We worship you tonight, Lord Jesus. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord God. Hallelujah, Jesus. We exalt you tonight, Father. We exalt your name. We worship you. Oh, wish somebody would help me love him. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Think of it at one time. Them fingers held cigarettes or marijuana joints or needles to shoot up bottles of beer, alcohol, whatever more. But tonight, by the presence of God, you're able to lift what the Bible calls holy hands. Holy hands. To raise them in the presence of the King. Blessed be the Lord God. Friends, don't you understand how many times we miss the presence of God? Some of you miss it because you're waiting for a tingling or a, some type of sensation or something that will quicken you and shake you. Yet how many times did Brother Branham describe the visitation of the angel of God and he'd say, let me tell you how you're feeling. You're feeling a warm, sweet, comfortable feeling. A warm, sweet, comfortable feeling. You ever find a place where he said ting tingling? You ever find a place where he said he was running up and down your spine? Or your hands are numb or your lips are numb? What does he say over and over again? 
when the angel of God was near the people, a warm, sweet, comfortable feeling. How many times have we felt that way in church? And we was looking for something under the guise of Pentecost. Uh, uh, you know, something, oh, 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 I, I didn't feel God. But how'd you feel? Well, I felt so wonderful. I felt comfortable. I just felt so... Do you understand who that was? Praise God. Can we just worship Him a little before we go? Sing something for us, Harry. Anybody want to love him a little bit before we go? Or maybe you got plans to go out to eat a little, little something after church or so and so and so and so. But what do you say we, we take, could we infringe upon that time tonight? Could we infringe upon your schedule or whatever it is that you've got planned after church to give Jesus a little bit of our time? I guarantee it'll do you much more good. And I know he would love it so much. Praise God. Praise God. Love you. Lord Jesus.
about the Lord. How he saved me, how he raised me. Let's just sing this together tonight just a couple times before we go tonight. You appreciate the word tonight? You appreciate a Savior that came to take your place? Let's sing about what all he's done for us tonight. When I think about the Lord How he saved me How he raised me How he feared Oh uh-huh. 